You are listening to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, a show covering the hometown Milwaukee Brewers as we analyze the roster, report on the latest rumors, and discuss their quest to bring the World Series trophy to Milwaukee for the first time. Here are your hosts, Peter and David Goh. Welcome to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. I'm your host, Peter Go here with you, David. Happy to be here. Brewers, pretty solid week, and excited to be back on the podcast. It's been a while since we've been able to pod together, uh, so glad to be able to do that today. A lot to cover. Uh, certainly some pretty shocking news. Uh, of course, with Lorenzo Kane, we've got new uniforms, which doesn't happen very often, and we've got uh, some news to cover around the, base, uh, the baseball world, brewer world, as well as our uh, first look at who we think the Brewers All-Stars and their representatives should be this year. So any starting thoughts here before we jump in, David? I would say that in light of the Kane news, I was shocked when it happened. So definitely have some thoughts on that. And I think he has had one of the more underrated careers in recent memory. So I think it'll be good to look back on his career. And that's something that I'm excited to do, even if maybe this episode is coming about four months sooner than we thought it would. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think with the way that Kane was playing this year, it was clear this was going to be his last, but certainly an abrupt end to a tremendous career, both for the Brewers and in baseball. Of course, Lorenzo Kane, if you're not familiar, started playing baseball as a sophomore in high school, so had really never picked up a baseball before then. Jumped into baseball. I, I forget the exact specifics, but I know he showed up to tryouts or to practice in a pair of jeans and some Jordans, so not exactly a baseball player attire. And basically just learned how to start playing baseball just a few years um, before graduating high school. Turns out to be really one of the better outfielders um, in his era. Uh, Very consistent, good clubhouse guy, good defender. Obviously, he was known for his defense, his base running. And during his prime, he really had a good solid bat as well. What are some of the top moments that you remember, David, from Lorenzo Cain's Brewers career? There are a few that stick out to me. I was kind of sifting through that prior to the episode, what are the ones that I remember the best? Uh, Number three, I guess we count down three to one. um, Number three, when he gets out of the rundown with Yelich in 2018, if you think back to that, of course, if you look up a video of it, um, it'll be easier for you to uh, remember that play. But Yelich was on second and Kane hit a ground ball up the middle. Yelich kind of got stuck in no man's land with Baez feeling the ball up the middle. Kind of ran at Yelich, got him in a rundown. They had Yelich, easy out. Kane ends up running all the way towards second, stops about one step in front of the base. They run Yelich back to the base, so they'll just tag them out like easily like fielders normally do. And then instead, Kane runs back to first base because it was left unoccupied and the Brewers have first and second and nobody's out on the play. It was one of those plays that was relatively inconsequential within the season, but it helped solidify the Brewers' identity as a team that was going to do the little things, was going to run the base as well, and also helped solidify Lorenzo Cain as a Brewer and as someone who is one of the smartest baseball players around and someone who's going to impact the game in a variety of ways. Yeah, he definitely always had his head screwed on. He was always really continuing to look for, like you said, the little ways to help the team And I think he was notorious for that. I think it's something that he did a lot, both on the bases and defensively as well, manning that important center field position. And even this year, we still saw Lorenzo Cain 
covering ground like crazy, still a crazy athletic outfielder uh, and a good glove. So I, I was surprised to see him go. I know actually, David, our, our first topic today that we were going to cover, um, should Tyrone Taylor start in center field over Lorenzo Cain when Renfro returns to right field? Unfortunately, we've got that answer. Brewers uh, clearly had their, their thoughts made up on that um, in, in starting, of course, Tyrone Taylor in that likely in that center field position for the rest of the season, um, likely. So you mentioned the rundown with Yelich. That certainly does come to mind. And a, a good baseball memory if, if you're a baseball player or fan. I think those are the fun fun moments to see. How about, what was, the, the, would you say, the number two moment in Lorenzo Cain's career with the Brewers? Number two, I would say, of course, very subjective list, would be uh, the opening day home run robbery. Back in 2019, the Brewers with their first game of the year coming off a very successful 2018 season and they were playing against St. Louis at home. 5-4 game, Jose Martinez is up against Josh Hader. Hits a fly ball into deep right center field. Lorenzo Cain comes out of nowhere. It was a it was one of those home run robberies where it wasn't he wasn't just sitting there and timing it up, but he was running towards the ball and he was timing his jump at the same time ends up leaping, making the grab, saving the game. It would have tied the game. And even though it was a regular season game, it was opening day. Everyone was excited. It was a fabulous way to end that game, the opening day of the year. Um, That was a catch that I remember vividly. Um, I wasn't watching it. I was actually sick home from school. None of my teachers believed me. I was in high school at the time. They didn't believe me that I was coincidentally sick on opening day. Um, but I was in the car listening to it on the radio and hearing Bob Uecker's call of that was was iconic. And that was kind of, I would say, symbolic of the number of great defensive plays that Lorenzo Cain made throughout his career. Yeah, it, like you said, uh, a robbed home run is not the same as any old robbed home run. Certainly they're all great, tremendous plays, but having the, the, the ability to full speed ahead sprint towards the wall, time the jump perfectly. Like you said, in uh, you know, an important game in some sense and with it being opening day, a lot of fun to see that that robbed home run from Lorenzo Cain and likely one of his bigger moments as a brewer. Um, I, he made several of those great catches in center field. But I think actually his probably his top moment with the Brewers likely came uh, on the offensive side of things. I'd imagine, David, you've got his go-ahead RBI single in the iconic game 163 that we all love in the Brewers' uh, defeat of the Cubs. Would that be what you would mark as Lorenzo Cain's top moment with the Brewers? I believe it to be. I remember that also vividly this time I was watching it and seeing him hit that go-ahead RBI single in that game that was so highly contested and really, I would say, capped off the Brewers' comeback that started earlier in September when they were trying to overtake the Cubs for that division lead. And it didn't seem possible, but they were able to do it. Lorenzo Cain's single breaking the tie, I think it was in the eighth inning. That was a moment that I certainly won't forget. Probably my favorite game of my Brewers fandom, uh, that coming in 2018, and Lorenzo Cain with the big hit, the biggest hit of the game. Uh, That was one that I will, will always remember and one that I think is the biggest moment of Lorenzo Cain's Brewers career. Would you agree, Peter? I would. I think that was probably his biggest moment um, and probably what he'll be remembered most for besides the the great smile that Lorenzo Cain had and just that presence in the clubhouse. I think he will certainly be missed. And, and I am surprised. 
I know we kind of just talked about remembering his career. I was shocked by the news as well. A little bit disappointed and sad to see him go so quickly, so abruptly. And I'm not sure that I necessarily agree that the Brewers are a better team after DFA and Kane, but I'm not sure how much of a mutual decision it was that Kane was perhaps ready to be done as well with kind of a struggling 2022 season. So we, we actually mentioned, David, the City Connect uniforms, but we didn't go over them um, and our thoughts. So let's quickly circle back to the Brewers. New City Connect, of course, each team coming out with this uh, as the season progresses and the Brewers uh, releasing theirs. There's kind of several subtle things going on with the jersey. If you haven't seen them, I'd recommend you checking them out. I'll do my best here to describe them. But they've they've got they've got that powder blue with some yellow pinstripes around um, the stitching of the jerseys. I, I would say, and basically on them they say Brew Crew with that yellow or gold writing, and then we've got MKE hats with the four one four embedded there as well. Um, so, David, what what were your initial thoughts seeing the new powder blue City Connect uniforms with the Brewers? I am a big fan. I think many Brewer fans are big fans of the uniforms. I think they are one of the best City Connect uniforms. I would not necessarily categorize them among the most bold uniforms that there are within the City Connect series, but I think they are very solid. They do a good job of representing the city. They're, they're yeah, well, not super bold. They're just a very solid overall look. The, the lighter blue, I'm a huge fan of the color, in fact, I would actually prefer if that were the Brewers' primary color, um, but I enjoy seeing that back in the Brewers' uniform set. And the little subtleties I do enjoy, like the piping on the collar and on the sleeves, the grill baseball logo on the sleeve, that's a nice touch. And then, yeah, having that 414 kind of hidden behind the MKE, tried to almost replicate the ball and glove logo in another way. Yeah, it is a pretty unique idea there i do like it overall i'd say i like the jerseys more than the hats i think i like the premise behind the hats the execution was all right but jerseys i thought were great i my only my only thing with the jerseys that i think i would have preferred just dropping the buttons going with the the newer school pullover jersey if you want to call it that as opposed to the buttons i know the buttons are the old school look but with it being that bright city connect uniform i feel like the pullover would have made a little bit more sense but whatever they went with the buttons that would maybe be my only my only thoughts against it yeah that's not something i would have thought of but but i do agree now that you bring that up i think that 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 would be um something that would would add to the uniforms uh, also they they mentioned that that the uh piping is designed to look like a beer so it is like yellow on the border and then white just on top representing the foam of the beer coming up which i i think is kind of interesting uh, and one thing, too, that I do like is uh, the way that they kind of stack the brew crew. It looks it looks informal, but yet still clean, I would say, is, is the best way I could describe it. So overall, I would, I would give these uniforms a B plus. I would say they're a uniform that I'm very excited to see debut this coming Friday, June 24th, when they play Toronto. I would give it a B plus. Uh, what do we have for your grade, Peter? Yeah, I'd probably give it a B plus, A minus, um, perhaps, probably similar to you, probably in that B plus. Um, like I said, I really like the jerseys. I think they do look really, really nice. The Brew Crew logo, 
or the brew crew written out, I should say, and the color scheme that they used. Really, really like it. Thought the hats were just okay. Um, but overall, I'm excited. I may have to splurge on, on one of the brew crew jerseys. I'm not sure. Still to be decided. I'm not sure who that would be either, but I think it's fun. Exciting to see the Brewers unveil a new uh, jersey. Again, doesn't happen very often, so happy to be able to cover that. Again, that's the Brewers City Connect uniforms, which will be debuted Friday at home against the Blue Jays. So David, we're at this point in the year. We're here, middle of, Ju- middle of June, I should say, and Brewers All-Stars voting, of course, going on right now, or MLB All-Star game voting, I should say. So we've got to cover it today. Who are the Brewers All-Stars going to be? I think there's several candidates. I think we may have one or two locks at this point. Um, but briefly, David, who are your thoughts for... Um, let's start with your locks. Who, who would you say are the locks uh, to be All-Stars, if, assuming they continue the pace that they're on right now? Yeah, first off, just want to urge all the fans to go out there and vote for the Brewers. They are, are doing the first round of voting right now. They keep switching the format, so... I have a hard time keeping up with it, but there's like a first round of voting, and then I think it's the top three or top five at each position advance to the second round, and that's like a five-day period of voting, and then you can vote within within those candidates to see who is going to actually make it to the All-Star game as a starter. So uh, just go out there and vote. Go to brewers.com, and you'll be able to find the link there. Um, the locks... I would say Corbin Burns is one of them. Josh Hader is the other pitcher uh, that the Brewers have as locks. Corbin Burns has been one of the best pitchers in the National League this year as a starting pitcher, been really consistent, the one mainstay in the rotation who has really performed in pretty much every start he's made. And Josh Hader has allowed, I think, only runs in one outing that he had all year. And even that just came recently. So even though the innings are a little bit lower than some of the other relievers around the league, he's still performing on an inning-by-inning basis better than pretty much anyone else in the league. And I think that warrants an all-star game appearance. Certainly Burns coming off a Cy Young year, Hayter being the consensus best reliever in baseball for three, four years now, helps to uh, add to their their overall credibility and their recognition. I mean, it's called the all-star game. And so having uh, stars, even maybe not just breakout guys, but stars in the game is what MLB wants. And Corbin Burns and Josh Hader certainly are two of the greatest stars on the pitching side of Major League Baseball. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you, Josh Hader. Uh, the one outing that I have seen him from Josh Hader this year was the one where he blew the save, gave up back-to-back home runs. But you take that outing out, uh, and really, Hayter's been the best reliever in all baseball. Even with that outing, he's one of, if not the best, reliever in baseball. So I think it's pretty clear Josh Hader is an all-star. Uh, no question about that. Corbin Burns, really not too much debate either. Uh, like you said, has been very consistent, has been that number one ace the Brewers have needed, especially with Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta out. He's really stepped up and continued a lot of the success that he had last year, of course, winning the Cy Young Award. I believe he's around eighth in all of baseball, uh, maybe ninth in wins above replacement. Um, and like you said, absolutely a guy that the Brewers can depend on. Um, strikeout rate has still been up uh, where it has been. He's sitting still at a measly 4-4 four and four record, but his ERA right around 2.5, uh, well-deserving of an all-star appearances. So 
I think we can both agree Burns and Hayter likely to be all-stars this year. A couple other names here that we could be considering. Eric Lauer certainly has put his name into the debate, uh, the, the left-handed starting pitcher for the Brewers. Devin Williams, of course, started off to that rocky start, uh, but has been close to untouchable since then. Catcher Omar Narvaez, Willie Adames, and Hunter Renfro. So of those players, David, any of those specifically come to mind as guys that you could potentially see either that you expect to make the All-Star game or perhaps if things go their way, um, they could end up seeing themselves elected there. I'm going to focus in on Willie Adames. I think he has the best shot out of all of them at the, the position of shortstop in the National League. There are a few guys that have produced more than him so far this year. Dansby Swanson, Trey Turner, Francisco Lindor. You could make the case that maybe someone like Kyle Farmer even maybe uh, warrants a, a, an all-star game appearance, although I don't know how likely that is with someone coming out of Cincinnati. But Willie Adames, despite being hurt earlier in the year, has still put up good numbers. He's got 13 home runs in 45 games, so the volume's a little bit lower than some of the other shortstops, but he's somebody that seems to be on the verge of having really a big month between now and when the All-Star game is in mid-July. So I'm certainly hoping that Willie Adames puts up big numbers over the next four weeks or so, and I'm pretty confident that he will. I think he's the guy that can carry the Brewers' offense up till the All-Star break. He's someone that I'm kind of expecting to break out over this, this final stretch in the first half, and I think that will carry him into an all-star appearance for the first time in his career yeah i mean he's got the potential we saw how hot he got of course last year uh when he was traded to the brewers and just the way he hits the ball uh on the barrel so often and and when he does the ball certainly does travel so i think he's certainly got the chance there are some competitors at that shortstop position in the national league but i'd love to see willie represent the brewers in the all-star game Uh, i I just want to point out devin williams i'm not sure for sure that he is an all-star right now, but I do think if he continues the track that he's been on um, thus far uh, into the season, I, I think he could very likely see himself uh, into the all-star game. He's 2-0 and this year. Got to start with the most important stat there. 25 innings for Williams, almost a 15 strikeout per nine rate, uh, has yet to give up a home run. Walk per nine is up, um, but his BABIP, it, BABIP excuse me, is 319. Again, 2.5 ERA, a 1.66 FIP, which is actually uh, good for eighth among all relievers, minimum 10 innings. So he really has been outstanding. Uh, Third in all of baseball in strikeouts per night, only behind uh, counterpart Josh Hader and Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz, 17 and a half almost strikeouts per night. So outstanding numbers from Devin Williams. So I I don't know if he's an all-star. He's probably borderline all-star right now. But I'm going to say that Devin Williams does get into the all-star game as he likely continues this pace, that outstanding pace that he has been on uh, here um, as he's got more comfortable as the season progresses. So I'd like just to review again. I think Corbin Burns and Josh Hader can both both agree are likely all-stars. And then, David, your pick, Willie Adames, uh, to have a breakout month here before the break. And I believe Devin Williams will continue his pace and we'll see him represent the Brewers. One thing also that helps Williams is he's a pitcher, so there are always going to be more replacements for pitchers because of starting later, uh, like the day before the All-Star break, or even guys that just have these really minor injuries and aren't able to make the starts that 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 they need to to kind of qualify for the All-Star game or 
maybe they have a little nagging injury so they don't pitch. You're already giving excuses for for when I'm right and you're wrong on that one. <laughs> definitely. Uh, there we go. Williams. I'm I, I'm gonna definitely put my money on Williams. I agree though. I, I think it is more likely we see Williams uh, than than Adames. Adames is uh, a little bit more of a of a bet to to bet on him, but I think it's certainly possible we could see him represent the Brewers. So again, middle of June, All Star Game voting going on, but we're also approaching the trade deadline and the Brewers reaching that point where they need to start making some decisions around what additions they should be looking to make. I, I think there's some clear ones. I think we could all agree that the Brewers could use some additional depth in the bullpen. We've seen Josh Hader and Devin Williams be outstanding, but outside of some of the top arms, I think some of those depth guys, those Joaquin Soria type, Brad Boxberger-esque guys who solid, experienced relievers who are pretty dependable, uh, maybe not Josh Hader or Devin Williams, but also not Chichi Gonzalez or Hondel Gustave. So, David, let's start there in the bullpen. Uh, where do you see the Brewers need, um, even specifically in the bullpen, whether that's lefty, righty, veteran, young guy? What are your thoughts? I think that middle relief is what the Brewers need in the bullpen. You kind of touched on that a little bit. And those are the kind of guys that the Brewers need. I mean, not those specific guys. I don't. Uh, Joaquin Soria is retired. Anthony Swarzak, remember when the Brewers Absolutely. traded for him? Um, Daniel Norris, let's uh, try to not remember when the Brewers traded for him. Um, John they've Curtis. had their fair share. Yeah, John Curtis. That one was unfortunate. Uh, Drew Pomeranz, probably the best one that they've ever had, um, or at least, at least in recent memory uh, in terms of a reliever. He really turned out, and I think that's kind of what the Brewers tried to replicate with Norris last year, only it kind of went the opposite way. Uh, with the uh, starter move to the bullpen, shown some flashes, and uh, he did not show any flashes of being good with the Brewers, unfortunately. But he has helped the Brewers as a member of the Cubs this year. Yeah, so I think we'll give more him than that. he did last year. Oh, way more. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so hopefully the Brewers have more success with uh, acquiring relievers than they did last year. But I, I think one or two middle relief arms is what the Brewers need. Getting Woodruff back pretty soon should help. It could uh, could slide Ashby back to the bullpen, which would be a big boost to the bullpen. Uh, they also have a few guys that are hurt right now. I think Cousins, we don't really know what the, the status is of him, but I think it's unreasonable to expect he'll be back this year. Topa, kind of the same thing. But Trevor Gott shouldn't miss too much time. Luis Perdomo should be back at some point before the trade deadline. Those guys are certainly going to boost a little bit, but I think you still need one or two arms. I think you go um, maybe ideally with one lefty and one righty. Suter has not been very good in the higher leverage spots that he's been given, so I think maybe pushing Suter into more of a low leverage role could be what gets him back on track and could be more of his role right now and, and going forward. So I think getting getting the reliable arms, kind of the B bullpen, they have a good A bullpen with Hayter, with Williams, with Boxberger. Those guys are all very reliable, but you need a little bit of a cushion for either when those guys aren't available and you need some high leverage arms, or when it's a tie game, goes in the 10th inning, when the Brewers are down 4-3 to three in the 7th inning and they need to keep it close. Those situations are crucial and those are going to be the situations where games are won or lost with the bullpen. The bullpen is so important, might not show up in terms of the war numbers or or other stats, but I think that's the biggest issue for the Brewers um, if they want to compete down the stretch and really take that next step. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, like you said, the Brewers have probably the best able pen in the best hater, Williams and Boxberger. I, I think that stacks up against any team as far as seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. So with a, with a staff like filled with Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Eric Lauer, Adrian Hauser, it really does stack up well. And in an ideal situation, those guys go six or seven innings, and it's nice and easy handed off to the A bullpen. But it doesn't always happen like that. Like you said, sometimes the Brewers are behind. So it, it really is that tier two relief candidate that we'll discuss more who those targets could be. Luckily, those are the typically the guys you can get at a much lower price. So I do expect the Brewers to make some moves. Um, you can usually get a decent player for without giving up too much. So certainly think the Brewers will make a move there. I'm not certain that the Brewers will make a move on the offensive side. I think, of course, it would help. Maybe that center field, corner, infield, or DH. But let's first look at the outfield. Lorenzo Cain is officially no longer a Brewer. The outfield looks a little bit thinner now without Lorenzo Cain. Of course, at the moment, Christian Yelich, Andrew McCutcheon, Tyrone Taylor, and Hunter Renfro. So likely... Kane in left, obviously, Taylor in center, Renfro in right, um, and McCutcheon DHing. But it does leave the Brewers a little bit thinner in the outfield. Do you think it makes sense to be targeting either a an outfielder, a DH? David, do you think a corner infielder makes more sense um, to help provide additional depth in the infield? What is What are your thoughts? I think the biggest boost or the, the best fit would be a center fielder. I can think of two names specifically. Brian Reynolds and Cedric Mullins, those would be both players that would require a lot of assets to be traded. Um, or I think we'd be looking at potentially trading um, probably two of Bryce Turing, Sal Fralick, Joey Weimer. So you are going to pr- pay a pretty steep price. Mullins has a little bit more control, but I think Reynolds is better. Um, but we're talking about guys that were stars last year. They were both worth between five and six wins above replacement, which um, would be about two wins higher than the highest Brewer last year. Um, and if the Brewers do have the assets, they are willing to go out and get a player of that caliber. That would be, I think, the perfect fit would be one of those players. We can talk about more on specifics about who that might be, but I think what's more likely is the Brewers choose the cheaper route and try to add a DH who's performing well or a first or third baseman, maybe more likely a third baseman, and they can kind of shuffle Urias, Wong, and Adames between those two spots and bring in a third baseman, kind of an Eduardo Escobar type, Um, which is, of course, not what I would want the Brewers to do, but I think is maybe more likely what they do. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of adding an infielder as opposed to an outfielder slash DH because, I mean, when the Brewers' infield's healthy, we've got Rowdy Telez at first, We've got Colton Wong at second, Willie Adames at short, and Luis Urias at third. Jace Peterson has been outstanding offensively. Is that going to continue at the same pace? Of course not. But we can still expect Jace to swing the bat or take his walks um, well. And so he's another good depth guy to have in the infield when injuries come up or off the bench. Mike Brasso has been playing well. I know he's on the injured list now, but he, he had been playing pretty well this year as well. Um, and Kesson here is in that mix somewhere, wherever you want to list him um, at first base and DH. But I, to me, the infield doesn't need as much depth as the outfield. Uh, and I, like you said, um, an outfield DH guy would be great. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, when I look at are the Brewers better this year, if they make that trade, giving up two of those three prospects, that's the obvious answer to that is yes. Are the Brewers 
the organization better, giving up two of those three guys for really a star center fielder for several years. I still think it's likely the Brewers are a better team, better organization. And we've had, like you said, a potentially new star to the team um, who can add a little bit of that star power. I think that's really what the Brewers are kind of missing on that offensive side. The Brewers offense is a pretty deep lineup when you think about some of the bottom of the order um, and, and guys like, um, like I said, some of the guys in the infield, even Luis Rios, um, Kesson Hira, sometimes in the bottom of the order, Colton Wong, um, even guys like McCutcheon and Tyrone Taylor. Not not bad offensive hitters, not great, but I think the star power would go a long way, even if it did mean giving up two of the three uh, prospects. But like you said, we'll certainly cover more specific candidates, but I would be a big uh, proponent for the Brewers adding maybe a bigger splash in the outfield because time is ticking on, on the Brewers' stars. And this is a season that we're going in with the reigning Cy Young an outstanding rotation. Josh Hader, Devin Williams in the bullpen. Still peak years of some of the Brewers' offensive players. So they've got a lot going for them, I think, to sit around and sit on your hands worrying about how much you're going to spend or giving up prospects may come back to haunt the Brewers uh, if they aren't more aggressive in the offseason. So anything else to that, David, that you would add before we move on? I'm, I'm kind of preparing myself to be disappointed. When was the last time the Brewers, like, made the trade deadline move that we wanted them to make cc not yeah i was gonna say not not often uh and stearns is it's worked out pretty well so that that may be oh oh, yeah you're right absolutely big 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 bat absolutely (laughs) yeah i mean i don't i I don't expect it um i I really don't expect the brewers to make the big move it's going to come down to is the price right and if it is Stearns will pull the trigger. If not, we know he won't. Um, but I'd like to see him be more aggressive, maybe borderline too aggressive, because I'd rather err on that side than, hey, Sal Freelich is a good prospect and might help the Brewers in 2024, 2025. Again, we have to be good at the same, at that point as well, but we're talking about peak years of Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Josh Hader, Devin Williams. I, I would throw Christian Yelich in the mix there, but maybe not. can't say that anymore. But you get the point. These are important years that uh, where time is ticking, and I'd rather see Stearns be more aggressive than too passive. So enough on that. We'll discuss specific player targets the Brewers should have as we get closer to that trade deadline. So, David, who is today's random player of the day? Today's random player of the day is Jonathan Davis. The recent call-up, he was brought up to the team when Lorenzo Cain was designated for assignment. And that was actually how I found out. I found out that Davis was called up uh, before I found out that Kane was DFA'd. He spent parts of five years in the major leagues now and got off to a good start with his Brewers career. Has gone two for four so far uh, with a walk. And he can play good defense. He's very fast. Um, over his career, he has not hit very well at the major league level through his five years, has hit 177, 279 on base, 252 slugging. Was once a decent prospect, but kind of past that. Um, and he was always more of a, a speed and defense guy, and that seems like more of the kind of player that he is, kind of a depth guy, more more, more of that type of player. I, I'd be surprised if he even stuck on the roster for the entirety of the year. And that was also actually partially why I was surprised 
that they designated Kane for assignment because Davis doesn't really present much of an upgrade offensively, which is where they were struggling pretty badly. And, well, and still kind of are. And I don't think Davis is really going to make that any better. Davis's career numbers are kind of in line with Kane's numbers this year, which have been quite bad at the plate. But anyways, Jonathan Davis, today's random player of the day, former Blue Jay and Yankee and now Brewers outfielder. Yeah, I'm 100% in agreement that I don't exactly see the Brewers getting better with Kane being DFA'd for um, Davis. But we'll see what happens. Uh, and may have also been a little bit of a mutual departure from Kane and the Brewers as well. So there's a random player of the day. David, remind us here, what is today's trivia question? Today's trivia question comes uh, in light of Lorenzo Kane. Actually, I was thinking about Kane, who was the oldest Brewer prior to his designation. So the trivia question is on the flip side, who is the youngest active Brewer who is currently on the active roster? Yeah, I had to think about this one through uh, Brewers. Seem like they've got a fair amount of guys kind of in that late 20s, mid to late 20s range. You know, Burns, Woodruff, Adames, even Tyrone Taylor, Colton Wong, a little bit more of a veteran. I, I believe I'm going to go with, I think I might have this one down, but we'll see. Maybe there's some reliever that I'm missing. But I'm going to go with Aaron Ashby. That is correct. Aaron Ashby is the youngest brewer. He's currently 24 years old. Uh, Luis Urias actually comes in next at 25. Ashby, of course, being um, just exhausting his rookie eligibility. Um, I think it was last year. And so uh, still young, still getting his footing in the major leagues. And on the flip side now, Andrew McCutcheon is the oldest brewer. And I think he's one of only two brewers, actually, that was born in the 80s, believe it or not, um, alongside, or, oh, one of three, um, Brad Boxberger and Brent Suter, the only others. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, and Colton, Colton Wong's actually not quite as old as as I thought. I thought Wong was, uh, was up there as well, but Wong only 31 years old, born in 1990. So, yeah, brewers... They've got, like I said, they've kind of got a lot of guys in that mid to late 20s range, um, some of those arms and infield as well. So there we have it, our trivia question. I got it right there. Aaron Ashby, youngest active brewer on the roster. Um, And again, our random player of the day, Jonathan Davis. Brewers, pretty solid week here this past week. Uh, Won the final game of the series against Washington. Lost two out of three um, against the Mets and then swept the Reds over in Cincinnati. Uh, overall, a pretty decent week. Uh, Brewers returning home to face the Cardinals and the Blue Jays. So should be a good week. Brewers are able to return home. Uh, still sitting, I should say sitting, tied with the Cardinals going into the series for first in the National League Central. So uh, we'll know that somebody will be sitting atop that division lead when the series said and done. And I take that back. It's a four-game series, so that is not the case. So we've got a four-game series. Um, Brewers taking on the Cardinals for a four-game series and then a three-game series against the Blue Jays. Blue Jays series, uh, I think, would be a fun one to come. I'm going to see if I can make a game there. Uh, of course, you got some young stars, Vlad Guerrero, of course, being one of them in Toronto. And we don't get a chance to see Toronto often. Now we will start seeing them more often with Brewers playing every team um, each year now. So Brewers... Home stretch, or it's not home stretch, home series coming up this week against the Cardinals and the Blue Jays. So, David, as we go here, any final thoughts? 
Kind of going along with the theme, I wanted to shed a little bit more light on Lorenzo Cain's career and just kind of look at how good he has been um, for his career. Since he debuted in 2010, he is within the top 50 of all major leaguers in wins above replacement, um, in batting average, and in stolen bases. Uh, stolen bases even in the top 20. And he's someone that has been um, outstanding, I think, with the bat even. And that's kind of been more of where he's gone underrated. Um, he's been also considered to be the second best defensive center fielder by Fangraph's defensive metrics. And I know others uh, would rank him first. Of course, he won the gold glove in 2019. And perhaps his biggest accomplishment the Taco Bell Taco Hero when he became the first player in the World Series to steal a base um, back when he was playing in the World Series as a member of the Kansas City Royals. Absolutely. That's uh, what he'll be known for. I do remember that. I forgot that was that was Lorenzo Cain, the, the Taco Hero. Uh, probably add that to the resume of, of many things for Lorenzo Cain. But like you said, I think it's fitting to and today's episodes honoring his career that he had with the Brewers and beyond. Very underrated player. We were actually mentioning, David, earlier today how underrated Ricky Henderson, uh, the career he had. But again, not the same career, of course, Lorenzo Kane. But I think in a similar fashion, Kane was known for his speed and his defense. And we forget how good of a hitter he was uh, in his prime. Really was a threat uh, on really at all parts of the game. Outstanding player, outstanding Brewers career. I'm sure we'll give him uh, additional um shout out some time on some uh, time on another podcast um in the off season or as we get closer to the end of the season uh, but of course shocked by the news that Lorenzo Kane is no longer a brewer um certainly will be missed enjoyed watching him play uh, like I said that big smile that he would have as well so with that Brewers again seven games coming up here this week four against the Cardinals three against Blue Jays all at home Definitely hope to get out to American Family Field. Hope you do as well. And as always, thanks for tuning in. This is Peter Go signing off. Go Brewers. Thank you for listening to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review our show on whichever platform you're listening on. If you enjoyed it, consider supporting us through the link down below. See you next time.